Scott. Welcome to the 15th episode of Casey Greats. Today's guest kind of continues a theme that we've seen in several shows. Luke Wade is another inspirational guy here in town who simply saw a need in the community around him, decided to meet it, and unexpectedly ended up with multiple businesses from it. So, should be a really interesting show, I think. Big thanks to Eric Wolschlager from episode 12 for introducing me to Luke and really making this show happen. So, enjoy it! Hey folks, this is Scott here with another episode of KC Greats. I'm here today with somebody I just met upon recommendation of one of our past guests, Luke Wade from KC Crew. How are you, Luke? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I really awesome. appreciate it. Uh, thanks for taking the time. You know, I always like to start off with kind of kind of who you are, and are, are you a KC guy originally, or did you land here from somewhere else, or what? Yeah, I've uh, been in Kansas City for about nine years, so not originally from Kansas City. Okay. I'm actually from the Boot Hill of Missouri, so oh, down in the... Uh, southeast guy. Southeast, yeah. I'm from Jackson originally, which is right next to Cape Girardeau. It's not very big, is it? It's not very big. Um, cool. But it's, uh, it was a great place to grow up. I really loved it. Um... Went, grew up there, went to college at SEMO down there, played football there. Awesome. Actually was in the Army National Guard, joined down there, and then uh, finished all that stuff up and moved up to Kansas City and been here ever since. Outstanding. Busy times. Yeah. So you said you played ball Yep, played at football. SEMO. Yep. Um, and were you in the Guard during school time too? Did that help put you through? Yeah, or? so that's why I joined. I joined when I was 17. When awesome. I, as soon as I turned 17, I joined. And uh, uh, 9-11 ha- actually hadn't even happened yet. So at that time, it was just like joining anything else. So it wasn't really <laughs> a big deal. But it was to pay for school. And then, uh, yeah, and then 9-11 happened. And, um, paid some dues? Play, paid some dues. Spent a year and a half in Iraq. Um, okay. Learned a lot. Uh, definitely grew up a little bit. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. finished school. And... Um, um, like I said, got out of the military in, in about 2008 and moved to Kansas City. Well, good, man. From one to another. Appreciate you doing that. Thank that's, you. You as well. That's um, that's hard work over there. I did the easy stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, it was different. Yeah. Uh, definitely wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, but uh, it was definitely not easy. Character building experience. Exactly. Huh? exactly. Well, cool, man. So what uh, what ended you up here in KC from, from Southeast? Yeah, Just so, uh, more opportunity or what? So actually my brother and I both went to Iraq together. Oh, wow. um, so we actually were stationed in Fort Riley, Kansas okay. for our transitioning to go overseas and when we came back in our outprocessing. Okay. Um, so he actually met a girl while we were in Fort <laughs> Riley. Um, needless to say, that ended him up here in Kansas City. Cool. Um, and yeah, when I graduated down in SEMO, uh, he was kind of like, hey, come up here. It's really cool. And didn't want to get stuck in the boot hill, so <laughs> Kansas City sounded like the next best thing, and so I headed up here, and, well, and it's cool. been better than I could have imagined. Now, is he still around, too? So he actually uh, went to chiropractic school at Cleveland Chiropractic, oh, and no he way. actually lives in Italy and has several chiropractic clinics in Italy. Yeah. So he's doing his own thing over there. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Makes for a nice place to visit. It does, yeah. So I've been over there a couple times. It's pretty awesome. Well, dude, that's really unique. That's awesome. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Well... Casey Crew, tell us a little bit about that. Where did where did you start this? Was it just kind of a fun idea at the bar one night, or yeah, uh, that's exactly it. So my background is actually all software development, web development. Um, so wow. that's what I went to school for. Uh, spent five years building construction software at a startup here in Kansas City. It was my first job here. Oh, no kidding. Which one? Um, it was Marathon Digital Services. They uh, okay. built a software called My Smart Plans. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a fun learning experience. Like I said, it was a very, very new startup, small business. Um, 
So I learned a lot while I was there, um, which I think, you know, helped me a little bit transition out on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I spent several years at VML actually building websites for like Southwest Airlines and Wendy's and Edward Jones. They're really a uh, kind of a farm here in Kansas City, it seems, for a talent, you know, for entrepreneurial and startup talent. And they, it seems to me, not knowing a lot about them, that they must do a great job fostering a real entrepreneurial spirit without worrying about losing people. Yeah, you know, they, I mean? you know, I think they're very competitive with finding talent, and then they just got a lot of smart people there. So That's cool. when I was there, I definitely learned a lot, and I felt like there I could have learned a lot more if I'd have stayed longer. <laughs> but, you know, I had the opportunity to leave there, and, and that, at that time, you know, Casey Grew was actually three years old. So it started right before I transitioned over to VML. Okay. Um, it was, like I said, me and my friends were just playing in rec leagues around the city and uh-huh. really kind of wor- wor- wondered why there wasn't enough uh, downtown for young professionals. At that time, this is 2012, so Kansas City was definitely growing, but it just it hadn't gotten the skyrocket yet that it's really been riding for a yeah, couple of years. Yeah, we weren't quite to the point with River Market yet being as, as settled as it is with sure. all the new apartments and yep. stuff. And Power and Light was still pretty new, and that whole yeah. area was still pretty new. And um, So yeah, so I, I was actually still driving out. I'd moved downtown in 2012. Um, working downtown and I'd actually still driving out to Shawnee Mission to play sand volleyball and driving to Blue Springs to play softball and so <laughs> the concept was just like why can't we play where we live downtown you know this is where everybody wants to be uh, why isn't there anything down here and so you know, it was all at the bar yes um, hey, that'll and, work. right and so the next morning you know I'm the guy that's like well what does that take you know I call and figure out what it takes to rent a softball field and other than that that was really it and um, I was like well I can build a website and put it up there and so Rented a softball field and actually rented a sand volleyball field downtown, and uh, we were only playing four night. We were playing Monday, Tuesday softball, Wednesday, Thursday sand volleyball. I put up a website, and uh, we had a, several teams sign up. But by the end of the first year, we had a thousand people play. No kidding! Yeah. In the first year, you had a thousand people. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. That's um, uh, that's a lot. Yeah, it was, <laughs> and it was all word of mouth. We did a little bit of advertising here and there um, on the radio and a couple magazines, but um, it was really word of mouth and. Um, you know, for three years, it grew organically. And by the end of the third year, I was still working with VML, and we had about 3,000 people play in the leagues that year. I got to think at that point is is probably when you were forced to make a decision that there's a lot of work going into it. Well, and yeah, forced, y- yeah. And, and in it, good was, way. it was a lot of work, right. Yeah. But the, the honesty of it is actually someone offered to buy it from me. Oh, really? And um, at that point, I honestly hadn't even really looked at it as a business. I never thought, oh, I'll leave VML to do this full time. It was more like, this is a really cool thing. Uh, we had started a couple of events, pub crawls, things like mm-hmm. that had done really well. And I just thought it was really neat. And we just kept reinvesting the money. So I bought a new light set for our volleyball courts. I bought a truck for our equipment, things like that. So I yeah. wasn't, wasn't taking any money out of it. And it wasn't like a business to me. I didn't really look at it that way. Um, but after somebody offered money for it, I actually, you know, entertained it. I thought, well, this is amazing, you know. And I went through this whole Shark Take process. I watched a lot of Shark Take to, be yeah. honest, to learn it and went through the whole negotiating process. And at the end of the day, just thought, you know, if somebody thinks this is worth this much money without me doing anything for three years, you know, what could it be worth if I put my, my full efforts into it? Well, that's, it's a, that's a very interesting, um, to me, way that you came about it because, you know, most people, they're building a business they're putting their own valuation on it and you know obviously you had value from it but it was personal and then to see somebody else bring a number to you that's that's kind of a other side of the coin way to start so that's pretty cool yeah you know it's been awesome and I've done a lot of consulting and things like that since then being on the 
technical side and I've just really learned a lot. I've done all the marketing and advertising and just everything there is to do with this business. So I've really learned what's the easiest way to do things without spending a lot of money with the best results as a small business. And so I've, my favorite things are turning, helping people realize their passions and turning those into a business. And so that's kind of what I did. You know, I took sports and technology and combined the two and turned it into a business on accident, obviously. But <laughs> to helping people take their passions, things they like to do, and help them realize how to turn that into a business without being the one to have to go and raise a million dollars is really cool to see that. Yeah, that is that is pretty cool. Now, along with that, um, I've snuck into the back uh, back corner of a few One Million Cups presentations, and I... You're one of the organizers now, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, just started this year. That. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been awesome. So as you know, I've only been on my own for about a little under two years now. Um, you know, one of the things that got me out of the house was a million cups. You know, <laughs> there for a while when you're working and your head's down. You know, I could go days without leaving the house. And yeah. so, you know, I started this year. Actually, was um, my goal was like I got to get out of the house more and I got to start going out <laughs> and being an actual entrepreneur, networking, and things like that. And so. Um, I started going to a million cups and just really fell in love with hearing, you know, other people, what they're doing in Kansas city and just some really cool ideas. And honestly, the best thing about it is hearing the crowd's feedback. You know, there's a lot of companies out there who want to hear what the audience thinks and at one million cups, you get that kind of stuff for free. So it was really neat to hear perspectives from just random people in the crowd, things you would have never even thought of. Um, so I, I, I ended up going a lot and they ended up asking me to be, uh, an organizer. I guess I just asked too many questions. So oh, that's, uh, that's good. Yeah, it's been really neat. Coffin Foundation's amazing, and that the, what they started with one million cups, and now nationwide, it's been really, really neat to be a part of where it started in Kansas City. You know, I kind of follow them, but I, I, I feel like they do so much more that that even those of us that follow them a little bit probably don't even realize. And I think along the lines of why I like doing this podcast with all subjects. I don't think many people in town realize how big their reach is and how deep they go. You're absolutely right. I, I actually got, because of the Million Cups organizer, I got invited to Mr. Kaufman's one millionth birthday celebration <laughs> last week. It was at the Kaufman Performing Arts uh-huh. Center. And it was videos and testimonials from people who you know, used to work with him, his daughter, all the foundations he started, all the people he helped. I mean... You're exactly right. They, they, I still don't grasp all the things that he had done that has now transferred over to the Kaufman Foundation wow. and all of the things he's done. It's it's absolutely amazing. That's that's a cool resource that we've got here. Yeah, it's it, it's. I mean, it really is mind mind boggling how much <laughs> they do and how many people they help. Well, cool. So back to to what do you, what do you guys call it? Into the crew or yeah, Kit, well, Casey <laughs> crew. Casey yeah, crew. Casey crew. Sweet. Yeah. So back to Casey crew, man. What are you guys up to now? Are, are you primarily still running everything yourself, or do you have a team, or what? Yeah, so um, this year was really about building, you know, Casey Crew as a brand and a team, and so I actually brought on uh, my first full-time employee in the fifth, we're in our fifth year now, our fifth birthday will be in January, brought a full-time employee on in March to help me out with the event side of things. Uh, her name's Katie, she actually does everything right now, but she, she will be <laughs> transitioning over into just events. We're about to hire a full-time league manager, so we, the league commissioner is what we call him. Okay. He's been working with us for a couple years, just graduated from school, and he really wants to take over the Casey Crew league side of things. So and when you look at Casey Crew, there's really three aspects to it. It's the big events. We've got 
some really big events that draw over a thousand people and some events that have a hundred people to a Royals tailgate. Um, so we have a ton of those throughout the year that kind of range. Um, and that's a really, it's full-time job on its own. Yeah. Um, and then now we have the leagues every night of the week from January through December. Um, uh, it's actually Sunday through Thursday right now. We'll be every night of the week next year. It's a lot year. of logistics. It is really, really a lot. And so, you know, we've been, I've been, I managed that for four years myself, brought her on to take over the events. Greg's really coming on. He's our lead commissioner to take over the event, uh, the league side of things. And the background of it is being the software. So it's a lot of logistics, but the software is really what drives it. And that's what I'm really interested in. So we're actually breaking the software out to be its own company. It's called League Ally. Okay. And essentially, it's a software platform that manages leagues um, for anyone anywhere. Makes so um, we're that really building like a perfect it. spinoff. Right, exactly. And so the fact that I ran 4,000 people through our leagues last year by myself with the software speaks to its own. And so that's what I'm really excited about is automating so much. And that was my specialty when I built construction software was just automation, taking what you did every day and automating it through software to make your life easier and make things better and tracking and things like that. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, we actually won a grant for that this past year from the Digital Sandbox um, group down at uh, there out of UMKC. One of their competitions? Um, yeah, yeah. For, it's, uh, uh, and they actually do it every quarter. It's just oh, a no grant. Kidding. Yeah, they, they give it to several companies. It comes... Um, it's a really cool thing down at, I think it's the Small Business Center down there at UMKC. Oh, cool. Um, it's off of Truist Avenue. Yeah, so we won a grant for our software for that. Um, so we're actually redeveloping, because when I built this uh, to begin with, I didn't think it was going to grow into what it was, so it wasn't built to scale or license or anything like mm-hmm. that. So we're actually building it out into its own replicable model, which we're hoping to launch in January. Well, little things like, you know, probably didn't focus too hard on UX and UI. Correct. If you're the one that's just... Exactly. I still do work legs. in the database. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely can't ask other people to do that kind of stuff. So Right. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that side of things. So, uh, But we're, you know, I still do all the emails and social media and all that stuff. So eventually we'd like to bring on a marketing person, social media, things like that. So um, we got a lot of cool things in the play. Um, I know we talked a little bit before about the same volleyball courts. So that was a huge yeah, win for us. Brand new. Um, yeah, we worked with... Port KC to get those developed directly on the riverfront. Um, it took us from one sand volleyball court um, a night to six, um, so it took us from eight teams a night to forty-eight teams a night. Uh, we we actually that's the capacity. Uh, we went from forty teams a season in the summer to one hundred and twenty in the fall just Good by moving grief. it. I mean, we tripled in about a month, um, and that's not even at capacity. So we really think we're going to grow those big time next year. You know, I. In talking with some folks about Berkeley lately and what's going on and how Port Casey's trying to really move it forward right now, it seems to me like that has a high potential to really start tying things together more here in town um, because that's right there. It's accessible to the Northland. Yep. And it doesn't take 40 minutes to get out to play volleyball there or something like that like it would if you're going down to Shawnee Mission or the soccer dome or stuff like that where sure. typical things are run. So I think that's going to be a really neat project that you guys are so far out ahead on. Right. That's going to be cool. Yeah, we're excited. There's a lot that's coming in down on the riverfront there. You know, they're long-term, they're building apartments down there that are supposed to open in two years. And so we see that as a really big partnership. We've actually already been meeting with the developers in charge of that. And they've got some really neat ideas. And the Barquet that you were you already talked to. I think. Great guys. Great guys. And we're talking Great about vision. tons of partnerships with them. Um, so, you know, the sand volleyball is just the first step for us. It's really an MVP. Like, is this going to work down here? And mm-hmm. it's, it's already working. And so next we're hoping to get more fields, more lights, yeah. more things like that. Well, and um, uh, just this week we've seen more and more with the uh, proposals to expand the streetcar line. 
Yep. And starting to talk about the feasibility to take it to Berkeley, which makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yep. I mean... Yeah, I got really excited when I saw that. Yeah, I was like, oh man, if that came right down to the riverfront, we would be we would be set for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's extremely exciting. I mean, you know, there's... I think it goes both ways. Some people love the streetcar. Some people don't understand it, but... I really think it does amazing things for our city, and you know it's already speaked in volumes on how many people they've had ride it. And I just, was going to say whether whether we know it, like it or not, you can't argue the numbers. Exactly. They've had that thing full pretty much from the second it started. Yep. Every time I'm on it, or every time I see it, it's full, and it's absolutely amazing. You know, and I think once you connect areas like Westport and the Plaza, oh, it's going to be huge. I mean, just unbelievable when you can get conventions traveling from downtown to the plaza without having to worry about renting a car mm, you know that nice. it's it's going to be amazing so i'm excited a good pull yeah that's cool well in the future man it sounds like uh you know you've got a great thing going with casey crew and it sounds like something's budding with league ally that's going to create a challenge for you personally in the future it sounds like where you're going to have two pretty big projects going on here sure so yeah, yeah the people you're bringing on now are probably pretty important yeah exactly and that's what you know I'm doing a lot of you know research on you know who to bring on and how to bring them on and how to you know how to create a culture because we honestly you know with two people it's not much of a culture <laughs> right and so um, as we hire more people I'm really trying to figure out what are the what are, what companies are you know leading the forefront on the culture and keeping good people around and so I'm really for me it's I've always I say this too much but I always say I, I want everyone to win in a scenario like the riverfront they build the riverfront courts we bring thousands of people down there they build the apartments now people want to live there so yeah, yeah I want everyone to win we partner with the parks and rec we use fields they've never used they get money from it because we're renting it and we get places to play so in my scenario of everyone to win you know that's what I'm looking at in my company I want all my employees to love working there I want it to feel like there's new things to do every day. I don't want them to be bored. If they're not happy, I want to hear about it. And so those are the things I'm trying to figure out and learn. Being as I went to school to be a nerd, a computer programmer, <laughs> didn't have much business uh, acumen. So I'm really doing a lot of research about that and trying to figure out how we can build a really cool company. Well, it it's very in line with what you're doing. You, you've noticed and filled a gap in people's lifestyle in the area that you were talking about, downtown living. And so you've created a business that's delivering lifestyle. Why would you want to run it like a stodgy corporate exactly. 500 type of suit and tie place? You exactly. don't. Yep. So that makes perfect sense. But so I, I'm always curious, um, you know, we all think Kansas City is a cool town and everything, but what, uh, what do you think is, is unique that, that has really made it possible for you to do this with, with KC Crew here in Kansas City? What's been special about it that you think eh, maybe, not a, maybe not worked as well in other places? Sure, and I, I've talked about this quite a bit. You know, for me, I think it's the people in Kansas City, honestly. And, you know, it's, I, t I said this before I even started any of these companies. You know, for, I'm from the Boot Hill but a lot of my friends are from St. Louis. I've got a lot of family from St. Louis. Love St. Louis. Love my fan, friends and family that live it's there. Feel. But it's completely different. Yeah. I mean, and I always described it as I could walk into a bar in Kansas City and know everyone there and have a drink with everyone there and be best friends before I left. In St. Louis, it's not the same. It's very clicky. You know, where'd you go to high school? That whole <laughs> scenario. And yeah. so, you know, it... it I, I think that was a big part of it, you know, and obviously the growth of Kansas City has really helped. Sure. You know, if, if we're doing well and the economy's doing well and Kansas City's growing, people are going to spend money on rec sports. They're going to go out and play. If it's not, it's probably not going to grow as fast as it really has been. So I think, you know, the Royals winning and the, all our teams doing well and the, just the growth of Kansas City has really helped us. Um, 
the people and then the partnerships. Um, I know a lo- I'm a part of an association of all the rec leagues from around the United States. Oh, cool. And one of the things they're all jealous of me of is that I have an amazing partnership with Parks and Rec. We, we approach it as, like, how can we help each other? How can I use fields? How can I, you know, really help Parks and Rec grow their field usage and their adult, you know, millennial target to get to these parks? Right. Whereas most of the other places, Parks and Rec and Rec, and rec Leagues are competitors. They don't like each other. They, they don't work together. Sense. Right. And so... And I was, like, blown away. I'm like, I couldn't do it without Parks and Rec. You know, we'd have nowhere to play. I'd have to pay all these astronomical fees. And so, you know, Parks and Rec has been a really, really great asset and partner for us. Um, And like like you just said, I don't know that that would work in every other city. You know, we, we have plans with the software, obviously being for other people to use, but we plan to scale our own leagues, um, trying to go to Columbia and hopefully eventually St. Louis. Awesome. Um, and so our whole entire approach to that is going to be starting with Parks and Rec. We don't plan to just try and come in and take over. We say, let's come in. How do we help each other? You know, use our software to help your own leagues. And then how do we use fields that you're not currently using to make those field uses go up? Get a little bit of economic, economic development play. Um, so long story short, it's been the people and the partnerships in Kansas City and the growth that's really helped That's us. That's really interesting. That's cool because it seems uh, civically that and we've had a lot of folks that are really, really encouraging the growth from the civic side, from the city organizations and stuff, and not just stuck in the old bureaucracies. That's a big deal. Sure. You know, a lot of cities could just keep plodding along and, yeah, let's mow the fields, let's turn sure. the lights on and off. But to work with you guys like that, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they've it's been great. And they're forward thinking. You know, I think that comes from the mayor and... A lot, mm-hmm. a lot of other people in Kansas City, they're very forward-thinking. You know, everybody says the buzzword of millennials, but it's true. You know, they're going to be the next one in charge, so how do we get how do we get them to come to our business? How do we right. get them to come to our fields, you know? And so we've really, you know, started to figure that out with our well, meals and our events. And ultimately, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to chat with some guys about this, is how do you keep them here? Yeah. You know, um, if you've got folks that, their lifestyle is important to them. Maybe they've started a great business, but hey, they can't find interesting things to do at the end of the workday. Right. They might just pick up and take it to Austin, yep. you know, or, or wherever. And we'd much rather have them here. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And it, it's funny, you know, all these things you're saying and the things I'm even saying, like four or five years ago, I hadn't even thought of, you know, and it was really just like, crazy. let's have this fun rec league for friends. And it just, now people are like, thank you, thank you, you know. I'm like, hey, it's the people in Kansas City that have grown this, you know. And, and I'm happy that, you know, hoping that people want to stay here because of Casey Crew and our cool events and leagues. To me, that's just an even an even more successful win for everyone. So. Very cool. Very cool, man. I, I had no idea about, you know, not only the story behind it, but um, how how much you guys have expanded and the other things. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you've worked with some of your events, you've worked with local charities and stuff like that right yeah so i actually uh i actually started a charity the same year i started casey crew um it's called social heart okay um so it's actually a a non-profit 501c3 but what's really cool about it is that it's completely ran by young professionals and none of us get paid so it's all volunteer based um but it's similar in the fact that we create unique fun events um, and donate to a different charity every single time. So we have an application process, nice. um, and we've raised oh, almost one hundred fifty thousand dollars for thirty charities in four years. 
Um, so yeah, we, and it's all through fun events and cool things. And back then there wasn't really a young professional charity type thing. Mm -hmm. And so all the charities were doing the $150 galas and the black tie events and it was stuffy and no, none of, no one my age wanted to go or could afford it. Right. So our option was let's go and get all this stuff donated, get the event space donated, get the beer donated from Boulevard. who was amazing and get, get all these local brands to donate us the stuff. And then we'll sell a $30 ticket to young professionals who want to come and party for Mardi Gras or Halloween. <laughs> sure. And then donate that money to a charity. And, Beautiful. And it was, let's pick a local charity where 10, 20 grand will make a huge world of distance and it'll go a lot farther rather than donating it to someone who's raised millions and millions of dollars. You don't even right. know where that goes. And that we were, I'd say we were on the forefront of it. It's definitely not unique anymore. There's a ton of people doing it. Um, Big Brothers and Big Sisters done a great job of the young professional events and things like that. Good. Um, but we're still trucking along. We started with three of us, and now there's a board of uh, 11. Um, and it's just really, really fun and cool. So so I try and keep those a little separate just because Casey Crew is not a non-for-profit. Sure. And I don't want people to get confused. They're like, oh, we're giving to a good cost or Casey Yes, you're having fun and all that stuff, but it's it's a for-profit business. Social mm-hmm. Heart's my side that I like to give back on. Cool. But, yes, Casey Crew does do partnerships with different charities. Awesome. Almost every event we need volunteers, so we like to pick local charities to bring them out, and we like to donate money to them. What have, what have been some of your most some of your favorite events you've, you've run, your big events? Our biggest events are the End of the World Pub Crawl, which is a zombie crawl where we shut down the street. <laughs> uh, we bring out makeup artists, and the makeup artists do all the volunteers as zombies. The zombies roam the street. Everybody gets flag football belts, and you have to go from bar to bar without the zombies taking flags. <laughs> That's awesome. So that one's actually, we just had our fifth year three weeks ago. Okay. We almost 1,000 people every year. What a it's one of the best things I've ever seen. We've actually taken that to Denver, too, so we've done it in three years in Denver. Um, we're slowly making that its own brand and taking it to other cities as well. That's one of the coolest events I've ever seen. Just <laughs> people laughing, and, and it's just amazing. Um, that's one of my favorite ones. And then the newest one we brought to Kansas City, or we started this year, uh, was the downtown open. Um, I think I saw some of that. So it was urban golfing up and down Main Street, and you use the streetcar <laughs> as your golf cart. Come on. Uh, yeah, so we bought these limited fly golf balls. They're foam core. They don't do any damage. We're actually on TV, and the anchor was hitting them off the cameraman and things like that. Um, so we would actually chip in River Market. You would chip at four different places along the route, and you'd pot at four different places. So you'd chip in on the library rooftop garage, and you'd go pot in John's Big Deck. And then you'd go chip on the front of Kaufman Performing Arts Center into a tuba and you get a certain amount of shots um, and it was really cool we ended in we had that was actually a great partnership with Parks and Rec as well we ended at Washington Square Park right next yeah. to Union Station food trucks music band um, it was absolutely amazing we had a, almost 1100 people come out for the wow. first year that's really cool um, yeah and that was just something we made up in like January and then the next thing you know May we had 1100 people sold and um, you know we learned a lot and that was a really fun one where we plan to make you know even better next year so that sounds like something that will easily translate to other places as well. So sure. That's pretty yeah. cool, man. It's, you know, that's what's so fun is we're, honestly, we try not to do the cookie-cutter, copy-and-paste things. We, we always try and come up with something unique and, and make it a fun experience that no matter what, you're going to want to do every year. Absolutely. Well, that's cool, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. So one thing I'm always curious to ask of folks, um, because of I've been lucky to get a lot of different experiences on here, as uh, almost a decade KC guy, what what would you call some of your hidden gems in Kansas City? Places that you think everybody should know about, like yeah, it could be a bar, a restaurant, a park, or sure. whatever. 
Yeah, you know, I don't think it's <clears throat> so much hidden. Some of them aren't probably as hidden no. as they used to be. Um, but 39th Street, all the way up and down 39th Street. Um, okay. You know, everybody knows that Jazz is there. The, sure. Uh, the KU Med Center is there. But there's so many local food spots there that are just absolutely amazing. I mean, you've got a lot of new bars that just went in. Mo Brew, High Dive, um, Aladdin Cafe, Casey Smokeberg. I mean, I could go on and on. Yeah. Um, there's a uh, there's a really cool dude owns uh, XL Tattoo down there, Whispering okay. Danny. Yeah, I've seen it. They building. do amazing work too. Sure, uh, and and that whole street is amazing. Obviously, people know about Q39 now, but mm-hmm. people tend to stop there. If you keep going past Q39, it's it's amazing. There's That's so cool. much down there. I mean, su- Friends Sushi. I could keep going. There's there's a ton of great places. So I think Very 39th nice. Street's a really cool hidden gem, and then that that whole neighborhood. Coleman Highlands, uh, Roanoke neighborhood is just amazing. You know, people always think, you know, I got to move way down south or up north to get a, you know, a nice house with a yard. And there's tons of amazing houses right there in the middle of everything. Yeah, I think uh, I think they're on the verge of some big changes too for the positive, where you're going to get a lot more people in there um, renovating and keeping those places nice because with the new. Uh, KU Med Center extension yep. to the the Cambridge North, I think it's called, and you know other things that are, to me, colliding with that. You know, the startup village is just south of there. Yeah, guys like that. You know, they're loving that area. Google's been down there now for a couple of years, and everything seems to be coming together to make that one of the next hot areas. Sure. So yeah, it's definitely one of the most walkable districts I think in Kansas City as far as living. And coffee shops and mm-hmm. the new Meshuggah's Bagel place, like that. If you live in that neighborhood, you can walk and get almost anything you want. Which we, uh, me personally, I think we have a challenge in Kansas City. We don't have a lot of walking neighborhoods, yep. especially our suburbs, obviously. Sure. But even downtown, it's been a challenge over the years to grow that, and that's really cool that that's kind of up and coming again. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. So I, I love that whole area, but then there's. You know, Char Bar is one of my favorite barbecue places in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of, um, we eat, you know, we eat, <laughs> 39th Street's probably my most favorite spot. But, nice. Yeah. Well, that's good Good tips, man. What about I you? appreciate it. Oh, gosh. Somebody asked me this the other day, and, you know, one of my favorite ones that, uh, barbecue-wise, they just kind of went back to catering only, and it's down here in Riverside called uh, Next Year's Winter. They used to have a little... Uh, uh, you know, eat-in shop too, but I think they're just focused on the oh, competition. I mean, no, no, they're yeah. just one of those. That's awesome. Yeah, they're really good. And there's another one called uh, Hog Jaw around the corner that's pretty good. And that's just on proximity to the office, that's I guess. Sure. Um, but yeah, there's just so much. I know. That's why it's always, hard to pick one. I always ask people <laughs> when we we do this networking group, and one of the questions is, "What's your favorite place to eat that no one knows about?" Yeah, and I love just because I'm like I want to know about it, you know. So well, there's so many new places popping up all the time. It's it's there's great. new places, there's old places that I haven't tried, even though I've got background here. Just last week, somebody said, um, uh, "Well, what are, you know? I love Ponax." You know, it's like God, I, I've never even been there, man. I'm ashamed. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got plenty. Yep, and, and more come. Great food. My Absolutely. dad always says that every time he comes to visit. He's like, you guys are spoiled. <laughs> yeah, it's, the food's amazing for sure. Considering the size of the town, we really are, yeah. I, I think. And it's it's cool that we're getting a lot more recognition there because there's some good stuff. Definitely. So, well, Luke, thanks a ton for telling us about Casey Crew, the other things you're doing with uh, Social Heart and League Ally and all that. And I... Just really appreciate you taking the time, man. Of I course. think it's going to be fun for people to learn about what you're doing. Come and on. yeah, tell us if you don't mind 
um, where we can find your stuff online and, you know, any, anybody or anything you need to plug that you want to make sure is, is taken care of. Sure. Um, I mean, almost everything is going to be on, you know, online if you Google Casey Crew or Social okay. Heart. Um, but Casey Crew's website is caseycrew.com. Um, I have links to almost everything on my website at lukeawade.com. So there's Sweet. a lot of stuff on there, different brands. I always post new blogs and things like that of different articles that come out. I'll post this once it comes out as well. So, um, yeah, so um, really just, you know, and I always tell this to everybody is, you know, you don't have to necessarily support us, just support the city. You know, get outside, go do some things, try something new, um, and meet someone new, and that's going to help everybody. So, Absolutely. Well, yeah. thanks again, man, for taking the time. It's been a blast to meet you. Thanks for having me. I think me. it's going to be a lot of fun getting people to hear this. Really appreciate it. Thank All you. Right. Have a great day. Okay, so how much do you love stories like this? I think Luke's success is a great example of simply taking action when you see something your community needs. Will you end up with multiple businesses and a charity from it? Well, maybe, maybe not, but you'll do some good. And if we know anything about Kansas City, your community will support you as best as it can. Just want to say thanks again for being here for another week of Casey Greats. If you are enjoying the show, please share it with others. Help them find it and enjoy it also. Even more important, if you know somebody you think the whole city should know about, please let me know. You can always reach me through social media or by emailing scott at caseygreats.com. Have a great day. I'll see you next time.